Hello and welcome to Happy Hour. My name is Phil and today's guest is an American stand-up comedian and traveler of the world. You may know him from headlining comedy clubs all over the world, having opened for big musical acts like Dolly Parton, George Jones, and Johnny Mathis, from touring with legendary Joan Rivers, or from his insanely viral online videos who currently have over 200 million views. To put that in context, 200 million is the entire population of Brazil. Welcome to wow. the show, Brad Upton. Yay, thank you so much. I appreciate it. What's going on with you, you buddy? You did your homework. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm a few minutes late. Uh, I all of a sudden, you know how travel plans are. It's, I'm in Seattle, and it appears that it's going to start snowing this afternoon. You guys get I snow? A, huh? You guys get snow over there? A little bit on occasion, and when we do, it F's up the whole world, And because uh, we have one snowplow for a city of three million people. <laughs> so if we get one inch of snow, the whole world comes to an end. So I have a 5 a.m. flight tomorrow, so I'm like, if, if I have to get out of my neighborhood at 3 a.m. and there's an inch of snow, I'm in trouble. So yeah. I'm going out to the airport this evening, and when I hang up, when we, when we finish this up, I'm going to head out to the airport. I'm going to stay in a cheap hotel across from the airport tonight so I can make sure I get on the flight in the morning. So anyway, that's what I was doing. That's, 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 was that's a really was... smart decision. As a, as a Canadian, I can expertly tell you that this, this is a good plan. I did it about uh, I did it about ten years ago one time. Big snowstorm was coming in. I went. I'm going out. I'm staying by the airport, and it was the right call. I would have never made it if I hadn't have gone out there the night before. Yeah, and, and so are you. Are you starting uh, your tour? Oh, I never end. So it's <laughs> just tour to tour. It it literally never ends. So I'm uh, flying just to Oklahoma City tomorrow from Seattle, and I'm doing two shows tomorrow. I fly home Sunday. Nice, nice. So you're. You're all over the place because I, I looked yep. at your, your, your. You're actually going from like coast to coast, right? Oh yeah, jumping all over the place. I have a I have a cruise in uh, January. I'm flying all the way to uh, uh, Uruguay, and then I'm getting on the ship and I'm going Uruguay, Argentina, and then coming back. That's in January. Wow, that'll be awesome. Yeah, yeah. Ur Uruguay was is a very sad uh, day for Uruguay today. I don't know if you followed in World Cup. Oh, they get beat. They got eliminated by, uh, I guess, by South Korea, but it was uh, it was a heartbreaker. A lot of play, a lot of players crying. Is a, is a tough one. Were they crying or just pretending, pretending to cry, <laughs> pretending to cry, right? Because that's Great all actors I see there. when I see men's soccer is all these. Ah, the flopping is so bad. They're way worse than the women are. Way worse. Oh my God, the women would never do that. No, of course not. They're way tougher. So, so, so let's maybe flip over to a sport where you're a bit more familiar. So, as a Seattle resident. You got to explain to me how you guys traded your best player in Russell Wilson, and all of a sudden you're doing better than you did and, with yeah, Russell. Yeah, how'd that work out? Pretty well, huh? What's going on there? I don't know. I guess uh, maybe maybe uh, Pete Carroll saw this coming. Is all I can guess. Maybe he's maybe they saw it coming. Maybe they said, you know what? We've looked at the data. I don't know. Last year, um, um. When our quarterback was, he played the three games that Russell Wilson, uh, Geno Smith played, and he, he played pretty well. I mean, he played pretty well. He put up some nice numbers, and he's been in the league 10 years, and God, all he's of a sudden. He's a career backup. Yeah. So here we are. We're in the playoff hunt. That's beautiful. So I, I guess, have you had a chance to see the new sports team that's joined 
uh, Seattle, the Seattle Kraken. And why do they have the best fan base name, the Crackheads? It is. Oh, the Crackheads. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? (laughs) Have have you had a chance to go see a game? No, it's so expensive. It's It's cheaper to fly to Phoenix, Arizona and get a hotel room and go watch the game in Phoenix than it is to go to Seattle and watch it here. That's crazy. Is yeah, it just because... I mean, it's, every game is sold out, and then everybody's flipping all their tickets on secondary sites. So it's like $400 for a single seat for a crappy game. I'm not doing that's, that. That's too much. I yeah. mean, they're doing well this year, which I, yeah, listen, I'm, I'm happy that they're doing good, but it's just and like that. The facility's that's beautiful, and I want to go see it, but I'm not paying $800 for two tickets to go sit up in the nosebleed section. No. I'm just not no, no. doing it. No, come to Canada, right? It might be cheaper with the exchange. We got we got the Everett uh, Silver Tips and the WHL is closer to my house than Seattle is, so I can go watch WHL game if I want to go watch hockey. Yeah, it's true. Seattle's almost like you guys are almost Canadian, right? Yeah, exactly. All right, so so let's let's talk a bit more. Getting let's get into your your uh, comedy career. So in 1986, you transitioned from being a school teacher. You're teaching grade four, right? To becoming right. a stand up comic. Yeah, and people always go, that must have been a big change, going from uh, teaching fourth grade to stand-up comedy. I said, entertaining a room full of drunks and entertain a bunch of 10-year-olds, it's not a, ten, it's not a big career change. I, I guess if you, yeah, it's true. It's, it's kind of similar. It's, it's, it's an audience. It's, it's the exact same skill set, too. Wow. As far it's, as standing up in front of the classroom, trying to keep everybody's attention. You know, it's the, the same thing. And you got hecklers and you got people not paying attention and you got some people that are focused. It's the same thing. It's really the same thing. Yeah, that's true. Eh? It's, it's, I never thought of it like that. But for, for you, was stand-up comedy something that you always wanted to get into? Like as a kid, were you, you know, maybe that heckler, that class clown, or was it something that was a, a calling later on in life? No, no, I wanted to do it as a, at a young age. You know, I loved stand-ups when I was a kid. I was drawn to them. I really liked watching stand-ups. And but you know you're living in Richland, Washington in the '70s. There's no career path. There's no. There's nothing that makes you think you can do that. There's just. Yeah. I was drawn to it, and then uh, as I got older in the early, early '80s, I, and then comedy started to boom, and I thought, man, I and something told me I could do it. I don't know why I thought I could do it. I just thought I could, and I tried it, and it went well. So I've been after it ever since. Nice. Yeah. What, what did the parents say when you said, listen, I'm, I'm leaving my teaching career to do stand-up comedy? My dad was all for it. My mom was against it. My mom said, you know, oh, you got all these benefits and working for the school district's a great job. You got insurance. And she tried to discourage it. But my dad was like, do it, whatever. So, I, you know, and when I quit, I always had the option of going back. I, took, I tried to take a year's leave of absence from the school district and they wouldn't grant it to me. So I said, well, then I quit. So I quit, but I knew they'd hire me back if I wanted to go back. I could, I could do that. So yeah. it wasn't that big a deal. I thought I'll try this for a year and see how it goes. And this is 36 years later. So never went back. That's awesome. So I, I guess, how were those first few years on stage? I know a lot of comedians, you know, they talk about those first few years being very difficult, transformative, uh, any bombing stories. Oh yeah. I've had those before. Um, people always ask, you know, where's your, what's the worst gig you ever had? And uh, I told people it was High River, Alberta. That was, I was 
Do you know where that is? Uh, is High River. I know High Level. Uh, no, that's way up north. High River is south of Calgary. And, okay. uh, and Yuck Yucks had a one-nighter there, and they booked us into the, this one-nighter in High River, Alberta, and uh, drive out to this dinky-ass town that has comedy on Wednesday nights or whatever. And that we walk in, and it's, a, it's kind of a – it's the local bar. They're doing comedy on Wednesday nights or whatever. And it's a sports bar with pool tables and shit like that. And then on every single screen in the place is the Flames game is on. So there was also a new owner, a new guy, that a new uh, Indian guy that had purchased the sports bar. So already the locals were pissed off that their bar had been sold to an Indian guy, right? And then so comedy's starting at 8 o'clock. Well, the Flames game is on, and he goes around, and he turns (laughs) off off all the TVs, and they're just going nuts. Like, you know, turn on the TV, the Flames are playing. So they're all yelling at him, and he goes on stage, and he just starts, they're yelling at him to turn on the TV because they want to watch the hockey game, and he just starts yelling back. He goes, shut up, shut up. We're doing comedy. Comedy starts at 8. We're doing comedy, and they're all yelling at him. And, he, and his introduction to me, he goes, the first guy's an American, and he just hands me the mic. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> so that was the intro. The audience just was livid that I was on stage. They wanted the you know the tvs back on they were pissed off half of them left and went into the back room and uh and then i was standing the stage was a was a picnic table with a piece of plywood on top of it and i remember looking up at the spotlight and the spotlight was a headlight inside of folgers coffee can oh so that's That's, how that's how you know when you start though when you start comedy and you're out and you're brand new you do those gigs and they either make you better or they make you quit. So, <sighs> yeah, you gotta, you the, the best and brightest ride, from Canada. Eh? Yeah, I worked a bunch. Of, when I first started, uh, I worked a bunch for yucks in the Western provinces, all over the place, everywhere. And those yeah. some of those bars and stuff are kind of rough, you know, and they're and you're also a new comic and you don't know you don't have all your you don't have all the ammunition in your belt yet. So you're trying to do the best you can. but. Uh, I survived them all. That's that's awesome. So in 2017, after 32 years in stand-up, one of your specials on Dry Bar Comedy went viral. So how did that moment change your life? It was shocking to me. I had no idea. I recorded that thing in 2017. It actually went nuts in 2018. And they released, they released it in 2017, and it got 40, 50, 60,000 views. And I thought, well, that's quite a few, 50, 60,000 views. Mm. That's pretty good. And then about a year later, Drybar started releasing, and the, and the ones that they first released were about a minute, minute ten long. And then a, a year later, Drybar started releasing three or four minute sets, and they were doing better, and they were getting a million. Certain guys were getting a million views and stuff. And I thought, man, I think mine's better than that one. So I, I uh, emailed the guy back and I said, hey, could you put one of mine up? He goes, that's a good idea. You guys that went first, we didn't know what we were doing. We found out our longer, the longer sets do better. He mm. said, I'll put yours, I'll put another one up of yours. I said, okay, that was about six days later. He posted that thing about the millennials and uh, it was about four and a half, five minutes long and it got 12 million views in uh, 48 hours. That's insane. And I, I mean, I was trending on uh, Twitter, my, my, CD went to number one on iTunes. What's a CD? 
Uh, CD. <laughs> <fucking> yeah. <laughs> um, I forgot I had it on iTunes, to be honest with you. I forgot it was on there. It had been on there so long. I was like, oh, yeah, that thing. I forgot. Um, anyway. Wow. That's insane. I was shocked. Yep. Just signing babies. And and uh, and then it had 33 million views in 10 days. And uh, it's still there. It's almost 90 million now. That's, that's insane. But it changed. I mean, all of a sudden, everybody was aware of me. And we dropped another one within a week. And that one went nearly as good as the first one did. So I had two videos out there. I did about, I want to say I did uh, 33 million views in 10 days or something like that. So all of a sudden, there were all these people that were aware of me. And no one more surprised than me. I'm like, I've been doing that bit for like 10 years. <laughs> yeah, it's it's and it's crazy how the internet works. Sometimes it just works, exactly. or the, it just some some you get traction and off you go, right? So that's and that's it's awesome. Like a real, it's like a real virus. I mean, that's how it spreads, and you know, people start sharing it, and it goes crazy. Yeah. Uh, so you know, it, it took you know thirty two years for that big moment to happen, and I know you you talked about crazy moments or, or gigs like at higher in High River in Alberta. Were there moments along the way that you wanted to quit? You're just like, screw, I'm, I'm done with comedy. No, not really. I never felt like quitting. Uh, I've always, and I'm, you know, I told you about having that bad gig of bombing there, but yeah. uh, I did never had a series of really awful gigs where it was ugly for a long time. Um, so I've always, I've always uh, enjoyed doing it. I've never thought about quitting. I've thought about cutting back the last couple of years. And, uh, I think it's so funny. I I kind of blew up in the internet when I quit Karen. So I'm like, oh, maybe that's the secret. Don't give a shit is. anymore. Yeah. Right. It's, uh, yeah, you might as well not, right? But I've made a nice living and I've worked all over the country. I've worked all over the world. I mean, uh, up until the last couple of years, nobody knew who I was. So uh, I've done very well. So I I have no regrets that way whatsoever. That's good. Do you yeah. do you uh do you have any stories dealing with uh crazy hecklers? Not too much. You know what I'll tell you what about talking about teaching school. When you teach school, I learned this right away when I first got on stage and started having a heckler. I was like, this is just like an obnoxious ten year old. It really is. And they teach you that when you're in college and you're learning to be a teacher. They tell you a kid that's messing up, a kid's a kid that's sitting there just tapping his pencil on the desk. He wants your attention, right? He, whether it's negative or positive, he's just trying to he's just trying to fuck with you, right? So the best way to respond to that as a teacher is don't reward the behavior, don't acknowledge the behavior, don't give him the satisfaction that you even hear him tapping the pencil on the desk because he'll quit. He'll quit. It won't it won't get the response. So that's how you deal with that as a teacher. So when I started doing comedy right away, I went, oh, these guys are just like obnoxious 10 year olds they just want attention and i wouldn't give it to them i ignored them acted like it wasn't there pretended it wasn't happened and if you've ever been in a crowd have you ever said anything to somebody where everybody heard you say it but the person you said it to didn't even respond to you you go you feel like an asshole you know what i mean you're like exactly. you, you, you're, yeah you're not acknowledged you're like do i exist right so that's the best. That's how I've always dealt with hecklers for the most part is absolutely ignore them. Like it's not there. I didn't hear it. Didn't see it. And then sometimes they won't shut up and you realize, is this person drunk and being an asshole or is this person drunk and having fun and don't realize they're being an asshole? You know what I mean? And 
and you and you learn how to deal with it either way right yeah no it's it's it, i mean they're, they're the ones who make the you know to be the the viral videos of hecklers oh i hate those and, because and, now it's like they get the think, validation I'm gonna, that go way. In, I'm gonna go in and heckle and get on a video it's like oh those are bad don't do that yeah like they, they get roast, they get roasted like crazy. I don't understand why you'd want to do that, but anyway. Exactly. So, uh, who, who, uh, I guess, who are some of the people that you're watching in in comedy these days? People that you're a fan of? Uh well, I like uh, Brian Reagan and Jim Gaffigan. Those are easy calls. Uh, they're mm. great. I really like those guys. Uh, there's a lot of good comedians. A lot of good comedians that people don't know about. Um, you know, sir, it's like musicians and singers. There's some musicians and singers. You go, why isn't this person famous? I don't know. Didn't get a break. There's a lot of guys like that in comedy, too, that are mm. really good comics. You just don't know about them. I don't want to name them because I'll forget somebody. You know what I mean? But there's yeah. a lot of really. If I list about six or eight people that I really like, I'll forget about six or eight people. And then I, and then I feel like a dick. So, But there's a lot of good comics out there. Yeah. Uh, so you're now a regular guest at the infamous Grand Ole Opry in Nashville. What it's, was your first? It's, Sorry, it's, it's not infamous. <laughs> I, it's it's pretty famous. Yeah, yeah. So what was what was your first performance like there? Were you were you pretty nervous? Uh, kind of, and I don't really get nervous anymore. I really don't. But I was kind of nervous that night. I was surprised actually because it's iconic. It's absolutely an iconic stage, and uh, in fact. Uh, I got that gig because the lady saw my millennials tape. That's oh, how no I got the gig. Because I had emailed her about a year beforehand and she didn't respond to it. And then I emailed her about a year later and I said, hey, I had this video. I, it has 70 million views. And she wrote back and she goes, well, I'm one of those 70 million. We'd love to have you. So I was like, bang. That's awesome. So anyway, uh, the Grand Old Opry is amazing. I mean, there, the night I debuted, there were a it holds 4,400 people, and they're really close to the stage. It's two tiers, and they're close. I mean, 4,400 people, but they're close to the stage. Mm. And, uh, and they say on the, when they introduce you, they go, he's, he's doing something here tonight. You only get to do once in your career. He's making his debut at the Grand Old Opry. Well, the audience really feels like they're seeing something special, right? So Pressure's they're on. on your side. And uh, I like they're out. introducing you like a... Uh, so our next guy is an American. Right, exactly. Much better introduction. <laughs> much more, much more well-received. So I went out and I did 12 minutes, I think, and it just killed it. And I walked off stage and I told my wife, I said, I think that's the best set I've ever had in my life. Wow, and so, so uh, I've been going back ever since. Now when I'm there or, or routing through Nashville or need going through there and have a night where it makes sense. They put me up whenever I whenever I want to go up there. So it's it's a thrill. It's a it's a thrill and an honor to walk out and stand in that circle because they don't use a lot of comedians. They only use a handful of comedians. So I'm very lucky to be one of the guys. Now that's that's so awesome. Like yeah, I mean it's it, 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 there's only one Grand Ole Opry, right? It's it's legendary. exactly yeah. So uh, I don't know if you've seen the show, but there's a show called uh, Tales from the Tour Bus. It's Mike Judge's show on HBO. Oh no, but I'll bet it's great if Mike oh, yeah, Judge is involved. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it's basically like a bunch of country artists in the first season, and it's just like these crazy stories about like Waylon Jennings and like uh, George Jones. And I know that you've is it, is it you open for George Jones? 
Yeah, I opened for George Jones one time. So yeah. do you, I guess, do you have any crazy stories? Tales from the Not table? Not about him. He just literally pulled up. He literally pulled up. They had, the bus was sitting outside the, the uh, door from where you walk, walk on stage. His band came on. They started playing like two songs. And he walks through the door, walks on stage, does his show, says goodnight, walks off the stage, walks out the door and gets right on the bus. Doesn't talk to anybody, didn't meet anybody, didn't shake anybody's hand. Didn't take any pictures, nothing. I mean, the the crowd was probably lucky that he even showed up, right? Because yeah, they were, no show I was Jones. on stage. They were yelling at me, "Where's George? We want to see George." I go, "He's here. You're lucky. He's here." <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, uh, he's. Uh, I mean, he's he's one of the he's one of the legends too, right? So You're right. Uh, so what's yeah, so that he, show called? T- Tales. Tales. It's from Tales the from bus? the Tour Bus. And it's on what? It's on HBO, I believe. Okay, I'm gonna have to look it up. It's it's actually so it's a cartoon. So there's people talking about the stories that happened, oh, you know, roadies, cool. other bandmates, right? Uh, in George Jones's case, I guess his ex spouse, because I think he tried to kill her. Yeah, could have been. Uh, and yeah, so it's 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 insane, but it, it's just crazy stories, right? From from people who do a lot of drugs and. Yeah, I'm gonna have to check um, it out. Yeah. Uh, so you've also toured with Johnny Mathis for over a decade and with Joan Rivers. Are there any crazy stories from there? Uh, Joan was as sweet as could be. I did about 20 shows with her. I did a couple short tours with her. She was just as kind and sweet and such a great comic. Oh, man, she'd come out on stage 70 minutes, just bang, 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 bang. Her foot was on the gas the entire time. She would just destroy. And uh, she would go out... Uh, before it was in her rider, she'd have a pint of vodka in her dressing room, and right before she walked out, she'd do she'd pour one shot and then hit that thing once, take one shot of vodka and walk out on stage. Uh, she was great. She was as nice as could be, and a great comic. And Johnny Mathis, I've been working with uh, for fifteen years. I've probably done, oh man, I've probably done in fifteen years. I don't know. I've probably done two hundred shows with Johnny. And he's 87 years old. He is the kindest human being in the world. He can still sing. It's unbelievable how good he can still sing. So how did you guys get linked up? Was it because of your uh, shared love of track and field? or It uh, could have been. I don't know. Uh, I Actually, there was an agent that had... There was a guy that... The guy I replaced, his agent that got him that gig, I kept telling her, hey, if they ever need a need somebody to fill in let me know because i was a fan of johnny mathis i like johnny mathis so they were actually looking to to replace him and uh they tried me one night and i've been with him ever since nice you ever race johnny no 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 because <laughs> i knew i have a like cool a... picture though he was a hurdler and so was i i have uh... a cool picture of us side by side it's a we're not racing each other but it's both of us going over the top of a hurdle that's pretty cool yeah Who's someone that you've met, I guess, along the way that made you feel starstruck? Uh, Somebody that you're like, holy shit, I can't believe that blank is there. Uh, Carrot Top? No. Uh, <laughs> no. Um, I don't know if there's anybody in show business. I'm probably more in awe of some athletes than show business. Sure, anybody I mean, athletes are business. cool too. Um, but they're just, they're just people, you know what I mean? And... Uh, as soon as you treat them that way and ball bust them a little bit, all of a sudden they're like, oh, I like this guy. So um, I don't know if there's anybody 
I'll tell you what, just a couple of years ago, when we I was doing a show with Johnny Mathis, I found out afterwards that Willie Mays was was dead center about three rows back. And I was like, oh my God, Willie Mays is there. I would have been I would have crapped myself if Willie Mays if you'd you known about it before. Yeah, and at a, at a show a few years ago too, um, Gail Sayers came backstage after a show when I was working with Johnny Mathis. He uh, he's a Hall of Fame running back for the Chicago Bears, so I met Gail Sayers, and that was cool. And he was God, I was like, this is he's he's not very big. <sighs> he's about five foot ten and about one hundred and sixty pounds. I was like, wow, this guy was awesome back in the day, but he wasn't very big. I was surprised. Yeah, I mean, they must feed them a lot more during the season, right? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> back then, he was just a fast guy. He was just one of those fast guys, though, back when he was playing. That's, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's pretty cool, right? Because now, you know, you're yeah, a big, big famous guy. Now people are coming to see, uh, see Brad. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, see Johnny, and then they end up seeing me. But then they're all, they, they want to come talk to me after the show. That's pretty cool. Hey, that means you did a good job, right? Yeah. So uh, I know you've traveled the world, you know, performing on cruises. Uh, where did you, I guess, how did, maybe how did you get involved in cruises and, and which regions did you end up doing? Oh, I worked all over the world. Uh, I got, uh, Holland America is based in Seattle. And the lady that uh, books the comedians for Holland America obviously lives here in Seattle. So I'd been emailing her trying to get dates and she was wanted a 30 minute tape back when you sent tapes in and. I didn't have one, but I was opening for Rita Rudner here at the Paramount in Seattle. And I emailed her and uh, invited her to the show. And uh, so I went and did this show. I opened for Rita Rudner in the Paramount Theater, 2,500 people. It was sold out. I killed for a half hour. And uh, the lady said, I'll give you dates. So I got dates on Hall in America. And that's how I got in with the cruise stuff. But um, I worked for them. Well, that was 1999. So uh, I have an agent now that handles my cruises, and I don't, I don't do a lot of them. I'm only doing four of them in 2023, but they're nice. Uh, they take you all over the world. Um, I've been all over the world on the cruise ships. I've, I did tell you, I, I did learn a thing traveling around the world, though. You know how you see people in the airport drinking at like seven in the morning, and you're like, why are they, why? Is, why are they drinking at seven in the morning? And then I realized once I started traveling around the world, and this is because I did it. Uh, one time I flew from, I got off a cruise ship uh, in Vietnam at, you know, in the, in the morning. And then I caught an afternoon flight from Vietnam. This is how dumb the, this is how dumb the cruise lines are too. I flew from Seattle to Vancouver to Ho Chi Minh City, Vietnam, across the Pacific Ocean, right? And I did, I spent 10 days on this cruise ship and then I got off the ship in Ho Chi Minh City. And instead of flying me back across the Pacific Ocean, they flew me the other way around Earth. <laughs> so I flew from, from Vietnam to Bangkok, to Frankfurt, Germany, and then to Seattle. I flew three quarters of the way around the world just to get home. I'm like, you guys, did you look at a globe before you booked this? <laughs> Look, they're like, we're, we're, just, right we're looking the for the right cheapest there, right flight there, right available. There, yeah, right there. They sent me all the way around. But anyway, you know, you get off the ship at eight in the morning and then they take you to the airport and you fly out about noon to Bangkok and then you lay over in Bangkok and then you fly all the way to Frankfurt and then 
you know, it, for you, it's 10 o'clock at night. Well, I'm in Frankfurt at seven in the morning, right? So I'm like, all I want to do now is get a couple of beers because <laughs> it feels like it's 10 o'clock at night. So I'm in the bar drinking at seven in the morning because I still have to fly from Germany all the way back to Seattle. All I want to do is get a couple of beers in me for my next leg so that I can fall asleep, right? So and I, mean, I was if you're in Germany, airport, you might as well. At Frankfurt at seven in the morning drinking. And I went, oh, now I know why guys are drinking in the airport. Because it's nighttime for them, right? So I quit judging people when I walk past them in the airport and I see them drinking. I'm like, oh, maybe maybe they've been flying all day or all night. And they, now it's nighttime for them and they just want to have a couple of drinks. So so um, did, I guess, going on those cruises, is that what introduced you to international travel? Or is that something that you already did in the past? And just because that was kind of your passion or, or something that you like to do, that cruises became something that you were interested in? Uh, that's a good question. I went to Europe uh, twice when I was 21, 22 years old. I went over there uh, when I was an athlete in college and I competed in track and field over in Europe uh, a couple nice. of times. And uh, so I got to get on a bus with a bunch of other athletes and we went around Europe and ran in track meets for three or four weeks. I did it two summers in a row. And uh, I loved that. I loved going over there and just, you know, seeing different cultures and different countries and hearing different languages and handling different money. And all of a sudden you're like, Whoa, there's a whole nother world out here. And I, and I really loved that experience. And so, uh, once I got to travel again, it wasn't as intimidating. And I really liked the fact, you know, when I was, when my kids were little, I took them on some trips, international trips, uh, on cruises and stuff. And both my kids now are in their twenties and they both made international trips themselves. They're not afraid to go to the airport and fly somewhere. And, and I really, I'm really happy that they're, they're adventurous like that and not afraid of the world. I mean, there's a lot of people that are afraid to go to the airport. It's unbelievable. They're like, Oh, it's so scary. I don't like the airport. I don't like, you know, they are just afraid to go anywhere. Well, I mean, with the TSA you guys have, it is a bit more daunting, but yeah. <laughs> But once you get past them, it's, there's nothing wrong with going places. People are afraid no, of stuff that they don't it's, know. It's, it's, a, know. it's a fear of the unknown a little bit, right? Exactly. Absolutely. Right. Uh, so I guess along your travels, are there some places that maybe were your favorites, least favorites? I went to a couple. I, uh, there's been a lot of places that I went to that I wouldn't necessarily have ever gone to, but that I've gone to and I went, oh, I'd like to go back there again. Mm. Um. A lot on the Baltics, Tallinn, Estonia, I thought was fantastic place to visit. I, I, that would never have been on my list. Gdansk, Poland, I went to. I went, I want to come back here sometime. I went to yeah. Indonesia and uh, loved Indonesia. I go, I would come back here. I went down through Peru and Chile and just about three years ago. I went, I'd love to come back here too. So there's all kinds of places. Vietnam, Hong Kong, those are all places I've been to that I'd love to go back to. Yeah. I went to China. I was like, meh, I don't need to. Uh, meh. That Pass. wouldn't be my first place to go back to. But that's the other thing about seeing certain places. There are places that you're like, oh, I definitely want to go back here. Some places you're like, oh, maybe, but it's not going to be high on my list. Yeah. So other than China, are there some other places that you didn't like? Or maybe uh, that you wouldn't be back. You're like, ah, oh, you know, I've kind of done that. You got the get the T-shirt. I'm done. Um. Trying to think, no, nothing that really left a sour taste in my mouth. I know there's places I'd go back to that my wife wouldn't go back to. She's already told me that. She, it, she hasn't been there. She's just like, I'm not interested. Some of the Central American countries, she's mm. not 
thrilled about going to see necessarily. Um, I got to Which, sail up and down the Amazon River. That was cool on a cruise out ship. Out of where? Uh, it was just I got on the ship. I got on the ship in Barbados, and then uh, that's the thing about these cruises: you join the cruise in the middle of the cruise, and uh, you don't necessarily have if it's a fourteen or a twenty-one day cruise or a sixty-day cruise. You're only on there a week, right? As an entertainer, so you join the cruise in some port in the middle and then stay on it for a week. But two two years in a row, I took the uh, it was the Princeton Dam. It's Paul in America's smallest ship. It was about four days all the way up the Amazon River to Manaus, Brazil, and then nice. uh, flew home from B Manaus. And then the following year, I actually joined the ship in Manaus and sailed down the river. Wow. And that was cool. I mean, it was cool. So was it rain season or dry season when you were there? Uh, I think it was dry season. But uh, the it was, God, the river is just, I mean, it's the Amazon. There's times it's... when you're in the middle of the river and you're like, this thing's massive. It's insane, huh? Yeah. Like, like uh, it's hot, I was, I was hot, hot and humid, and but you stop in a couple of little villages along the way and go explore a little bit. It was cool. Yeah, I was, I was just there actually in um, uh, beginning of September, end of September, and beginning of uh, October. Yeah, where at in Brazil? I uh, know. So actually, I did did it through Peru. Oh, nice. Yeah, nice. And it was well, crazy. Yeah, it was fantastic. The river, the the wet season, the the whole in, interior of Brazil turns into a big flood. Why the water rises like fifteen meters? Right, exactly. <laughs> you, you're walking on land for a while, and you you know you go up this big hill, and then like where we were staying, it was like all on stilts, and we're like, why is it on stilts? And they're like, well, it's because the water gets up to there, and we're like, wow, what do you mean, man? Like it's it's crazy phenomenon. Yeah, well, the all of Brazil drains, but it's just so flat; it just drains so slowly. So, yeah, it'd be cool to see. Did you did you get to see any like cool animals stuff like that in the Amazon? Uh some uh some uh what do you call those sloths? Saw some sloths; those are cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess everybody sees those. They're, they're so slow; it's not like they're running away from you. Say, hey, there's a sloth. You can walk up and touch it if you want to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, but I mean, it's still pretty cool to see, though, right? They're they're, sloth, they're weird yeah. Looking, Where am right? I ever going to see a sloth? Yeah. Yeah. Any uh, any other crazy travel stories from your, you know, either from your cruise stuff or personal stuff? Because you know, this uh, is yeah, a crazy travel podcast, like, uh, crazy story podcast. I uh, several years ago, I was working in Hong Kong, and uh, I had dinner at a nice restaurant. But when I was eating the chicken, I went, "Oh, this chicken." it's not cooked enough still moving and i had i had a couple of bites i went I, I didn't finish it it wasn't cooked enough and i felt fine i was fine that was that was the, and then the next night we went uh from hong kong we went over to macau and uh i did a show in macau in a at the mgm in macau and that night oh man all of a sudden my stomach started going you know how it goes bleep? like oh shit so my stomach started i was like oh god oh and i started to feel hot and nothing happened nothing nothing happened in my bowels so uh but my gut was starting to hurt and that was the next night and then the next morning i was going from macau back to hong kong on this ferry and then i was catching the light rail to the Hong Kong airport. And then I was flying from Hong Kong to Tokyo back to Seattle. That was my next day. 
So as I'm coming off the ferry from Macau, which is mainland China, back into Hong Kong, they got all these heat sensors. They're looking, they're looking for fever, right? So this was, mm. this was 10 years ago. They're looking for fever. So as I'm approaching, all these people are walking, and there's all these guys. There's these cameras set up, and they're all watching their laptops, and they're looking to see if anybody comes through hot, right? So I knew I was hot. I knew I had a fever. I was like, oh, shit, they're going to catch me because <laughs> I could feel this. And I walked right up and this guy, he looked right at me and I'm telling you, white privilege, maybe because I'm a Westerner, he let me go. He looked right at me, made eye contact and I looked at You're him. You're like sweating. And I, yeah. And I'm like, oh, fuck. I, and he didn't say nothing to me. And I think maybe because I was Westerner, it's maybe why he let me go. I don't know. And anyway, I, I went, I know he knows I'm hot. I have a fever. And so when I got to the hospital, I got to the airport and I bought every kind of uh, stomach thing I could because I and then I started to shit. Right. So uh, I flew I flew from Hong Kong to Tokyo and then from Tokyo to Seattle, which is about 12 hours. I had uh, salmonella poisoning. So. So I had salmonella poisoning and I probably in that 12 hour flight. I bet I shit 20 times. <laughs> Did you have the middle was, seat? Oh, I had an aisle not far, but it <laughs> okay, was those thankfully. big, you know, the gigantic jets that fly across the ocean, right? There's two rows, there's yeah. two rows, two aisles. So I would go, I would get out of my seat, I'd go shit, and then I'd walk up to the front, shit again, walk down the other aisle, back down <laughs> to the set, I'd shit again, and I'd walk back. I was just doing laps, taking shits, and uh, I know. It was at night, so most of the people were sleeping. Uh, but uh, the crew and they were looking at me like, "Oh, that poor bastard!" Just throw oh, a fucking seatbelt on the shitter, eh? Oh God, it was awful, man. <laughs> I just and I I lost. I want to say I lost twelve pounds in about two and a half days. But yeah, shitting your way across the Pacific Ocean is not the way to fly. Right, because you also you already get dehydrated. That must have been dangerous because you already get dehydrated from flying. Oh yeah. Oh, I was, there was nothing left. I was just, it was miserable. Absolutely miserable. I just like, I want to get on the ground. I want to go home and either die or somebody shoot me. I'm, I'm just, I'm so sick. And then, you know, after shit, 36 hours, it was all over with, but it just happened to be those 36 hours where I was flying clear across the earth that I was the sickest. Would you, would you have preferred for the shits to have started while you were on stage in Macau? Or... Oh, God, no. <laughs> Could you imagine? I had to leave stage one time in Portland, Oregon. I had to leave the stage one night in Portland, Oregon. Really? Because I thought I was... Same thing, raw chicken. Fucking raw chicken. <laughs> I ate a... Between shows at a comedy club, I ate a chicken sandwich. And I went, ah, it doesn't look... Mm, that doesn't seem like it's cooked well enough. Medium and, rare. Uh, yeah, chicken. You got to cook chicken, man. You can't... Chicken's got to be cooked. So uh, I, uh, between shows, same thing. Gluk, gluk. And then I got on stage and I was like, oh, my God. I mean, I was on stage for the second show and it was like, oh, fuck. Oh, Jesus. Oh, my gut was hurting. And I'm like, Whereas I'm going to shit myself. It depends when you need one, right? I was like, I was going to shit myself on stage. <laughs> I had my ass clenched up so tight. I thought and I was I had to do 45 minutes. I was 20 minutes into this set. Right. And I'm like. Oh my God, I'm going to shit myself in front of all these people. 
And I literally, I said to the MC, I go, DC, are you still in the room? And he goes, yeah, I'm here. I go, can you come up here for a minute? And he came up and I said to him on the mic, I said, I have food poisoning. I need to go throw up. That's what I said. And, out of uh, my ass. Yeah, out of my ass. So I walked off stage and ran into the bathroom and just evacuated my bowels. And then uh, spent about five or seven minutes in there. And I went, I think I'm. I think I released the release. I released the valve. I think we got the pressures down and I came back on. I finished the show. What a guy. He does and, his uh, time. Yeah, I did my time. I came back. The audience was like, what was going on? I told the audience, oh, I got food poisoning. I went in, the, I went in and I threw up. And I didn't, you know, that's what I told them. And they're all, oh, you're a trooper. I'm like, yeah, my ass is raw. <laughs> that's hilarious. So listen, I'm uh, I've I've got to get some travel advice from you. Okay. Uh, I'm going to Vegas on a bachelor party in February. Could you maybe give me some do's and don'ts from Vegas, and uh, maybe some there's, places to do, or maybe places not to, you know, things not to do. There's there's no rules in Vegas. There's no do's or don'ts in Vegas. So just watch the Hangover, and that should be fine. Yeah, you'll be fine. Okay. How how, uh, how many guys are going? We're going. We're eight guys. Oh yeah, and do you know where you're staying yet? Nope. We no. bought our tickets. We got tickets to the hockey game because, of course. Oh, uh, cool. David Copperfield, and right. um, we might catch. I think maybe a college basketball game or do like uh, shoot some guns or something like that. Something American. Oh yeah, yeah, man. We got a Canadian's going to come down to America and get some firearms. Yeah. Copperfield's Canadian, isn't he? Um, I'm not sure. Is he? Yell that in the middle of his show. Ask him. <laughs> yeah, hey, sure he deals Canadian. well with that with that with with hecklers. Yeah. Uh no, he's he's American. He's from New Jersey. Oh, okay. I don't know why I thought that. Yeah. Not sure. I don't know. You'll have fun. You've never been before? Never been. I, I to be honest with you, I didn't really want to like I've never been attracted to going to Vegas. I'm I'm a big fan of going to places where your money's a bit goes a bit further you know have it like right. I, I guess i studied in germany for a bit like uh i i spent a lot of time in europe and going to south america you know doing a bit of eastern europe where your money does go a lot further like like i'm sure right. you know and uh, those were the places i guess i was more attracted to because if i'm going on vacation i like to feel like a millionaire instead of a broke person right exactly no that makes sense yeah go down the strip if you have i mean Drive down the strip. That's worth a, just driving down the strip. It's worth a, doing that. I wouldn't do it on Friday or Saturday night in an Uber. It's going to cost you a bunch of money. But if you can get a time when you can just drive down the strip, that's pretty cool. Just to have one time look at it. Yeah. There's plenty to see and do. You won't get it all. And the hockey game will be fun. You can probably walk from wherever you're staying to the arena. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, like I think their 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 team's doing well this year and. Who are you seeing? It's uh, they're playing Calgary. Oh, all right. You guys can yeah. be the loud, loud Canadians in there. Good for you. Uh, there might, should be might a bunch be the of sober Canadians with all your watered down beer, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. You're gonna have to try some hard stuff. <laughs> no, we're, we actually our, our tickets are actually all you can drink and all you can eat. Oh my god! On, on one of the me mezzanines. So I mean, oh. yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah. That sounds like it's uh that sounds like a that sounds like trouble. All you can drink. 
Oh, uh, I mean, we've got what two, two and a half hours to try to make a dent, try to make oh, the fun. money back. Have a good time. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that on the internet. Yeah, the arrest, we'll the arrest report. Yeah, exactly. Brad, do you know any any cops in a, in a, in in Vegas? Where in Eastern Europe did you go that you like? Um, listen, I, I've done a good portion of it. Uh, Prague, Budapest. I really like Croatia, Montenegro. Uh, Poland was really fun too. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it, it, it depends what you're looking for, right? Like, yeah. me, I, I feel like Croatia was probably one that was the highlight for me because you just, it, it felt like Italy light. Yeah, exactly. You still get the good wine. You still get the good food. You know, you get, it's, it's in the same sea. The Adriatic Sea right. is, is, is what separates the two. And yeah, I just, we, we spent about, uh, so it was actually my mom's 50th birthday in 2016, 2017. So my girlfriend, her mom and my mom, we actually all went up together or went, went over together and spent a month there. Oh, nice. Yeah. And yeah. That'd be nice. That's a, that's a great trip. I've had, that's I, what's I think... weird about this blowing up on the internet. I got people in Croatia actually telling me writing to me i'm a big fan of yours I'm like, are you ever coming, coming to down. croatia i'm like yeah i don't see myself drawing a big audience in croatia but uh that's weird yeah that people all over the world have found me is it ever weird for you when you're performing i guess on stage you know in these places where you know english isn't their first it isn't their first language is there ever any issues with kind of understanding jokes uh, sometimes uh, it's, it's most of the time, uh, like when I perform in Hong Kong or, I mean, it's mostly expats that are, you know, they're excited because there's an English speaking act. So that's why they're at the show. That's the, that's, you know, Israel, everybody speaks English in Israel and, and there are a lot of yeah. Americans in Israel, Pakistan. I performed in Pakistan and these people were coming up and they were mostly professionals that had gone to college in either Great Britain or America. And, you know, they got their degree and they went back to Pakistan, right? But during, when they were in college, they went and saw stand-up and they loved it. So now they're now that there was stand-up in, in Pakistan, they're like, oh my God, this is great. When I went to the University of Virginia, we used to go to the Funny Bone and I'm like, wow, this is weird. So uh, it's mostly English speaking. But, you know, there's times, like even when I went to Australia, there's there's a handful of things in your act is you have to go through your entire single, your act before you perform internationally and go, what's this joke about? You know, cause you don't think about it before you go on stage. Cause it works every night. But you know, I did some stuff in the Australia about going to the big box home improvement stores like home Depot and stuff. And they, they don't really have it in Australia. So they're like, yeah, eh, that's only mildly funny. And I'm like, Oh yeah, You've, these people have never had this experience, right? So, I was I was working with Dwight Slade in Pakistan, and it was so funny to watch him because he does this bit about how scary it is to reach down and clean out your garbage disposal, right? So he's got this whole yeah. bit about it, and as he's doing the bit, it's kind of bombing, and he knows why, and I do too, and I'm laughing. Well, nobody in gar nobody in Pakistan has a garbage disposal. That's yeah. not a that's not a thing any Pakistan house has. So as he's doing the bit, I'm laughing and, and he's just looking at me and we're both we knew what was going on. It was just bombing because nobody had ever reached into a garbage disposal before, right? So did he, did he just stop and say, like, do you guys have 
garbage disposals here? Yeah, he had to he had to finish the bit because it was to, you, you can't bail out in the middle of it. So he kind of had to finish it and then make fun of himself at the end of the bit for not reading the room correctly. But those I mean, are the kind of things you learn about uh, when you're on stage. You're like, oh, they don't have that here at all. There's no equivalent. Even though it's an English-speaking country or something, there's just no equivalent. I do a bit about trail mix. You know what trail mix is, right? Yeah, yeah well, they don't have it in Australia. And if, if they do, it's under it's, it's a completely it's like, different name. I don't know. Yeah, but like they Germany, don't... it's like muesli. Right. Yeah. So, it, but, it, there, yeah, there'd be maybe a different name. But, like, they probably have it. Yeah, but they don't know what. Yeah, so when I, they don't know it as trail mix because I was doing the joke about it and it went thud and I about three days in a row and the other comics said what what, tell, what that joke about trail mix and I told them they go yeah we don't really have that here I'm like okay so so it's, it's it like it's like going abroad to do comedy you almost have to do a bit of like not necessarily cultural training but almost do like a proofread of someone who lives there be like hey do you guys even have you know no, that's this, exactly or... right. That you have to do that. You have to go through every joke in your head to think, what is the, what's this joke about? And will it work or will it transfer? It's yeah. a good exercise. It's really good. It makes you examine your own act. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Brad, do you have any uh, tips for anybody who's looking to get into stand-up? Yeah, I tell people all the time, uh, if you want to get into stand-up, go to an open mic. Don't sign up. Just watch it. Just watch the open mic and you'll see some horrific, horrible acts go up and you'll go, oh, my God, I can't possibly be that bad. So, you know, I mean, a lot of people just don't have the courage. They're afraid to get up. So the first time they go, I did. The first time I went to an open mic, I signed up and I went up. I wish I had signed up and watched and then I would have went, oh, some of these people are horrible. I can't be that bad. It would have given me more confidence. Mm. And and then you just have to keep getting on stage. You have to keep getting on stage. There's no magic pill to take. It's repetitions. Nice. So, listen, I, I've got a question for you. So, we've all seen the videos online of Jimmy Kimmel asking people on the street to point out the U.S. on the map, <laughs> which most aren't able to do, right? They're pointing in the, the blue of the map. They, they have no idea. There seems to be a geography issue with Americans. And I mean, for you as an ex-teacher, maybe you can answer this, but why do Americans suck at geography? Oh, we suck at more than just geography. We suck at almost everything right now. Uh, you guys reading. are really good at, at naming. Listen, I, I watch Jeopardy and you guys are really good with American presidents. Right. You guys but can geography. Tell... No, we just think the whole world's the United States and the, and the whole rest of the planet just revolves around us that they're so dumb americans are so dumb about geography and they think we're the greatest at everything that's the other thing all these people that have never been anywhere think we're the greatest at everything and then you know you've traveled internationally go oh this place is nice this is way nicer than at home or why don't we have this mm. stuff you know some of the rail systems and things like that you're like oh, oh my yeah. god why don't we have this in the united states we're so far behind but yeah. uh I don't know what it is about geography and Americans. They're dumb, dumb, dumb. And I was a kid. I loved looking at a map. I still like looking at maps. I uh, there's a there's a game I play every day called Worldle. Do you know what it is? Yeah, of course. Uh, I play that every day. I kick ass on that thing. It shows you a different country, and you just have to guess it by its outline. And then 
you can tell by the shapes kind of probably where it is. And okay, then, hold on. I, I, did you say Wordle? Not Wordle. Wordle. Oh, no. I, I don't know this, actually. It Sorry. plays off the name of Wordle, but it's W-O-R-L-D-L-E. Wordle. Wordle. And wow. it's a geography game. It's a geography game. And I play it every day, and I, I do pretty well on it. But so it shows you an outline of a country, and then you got like five or six guesses, and it'll tell you uh, which way, like, no, 4,500 kilometers this way or 10,000 kilometers this way. So you have to guess again, but uh, it gives is, you the is outline. It pretty, of, is it pretty confusing for you, kilometers? Uh, no, I can do it. 0. 0.6. <laughs> I'm, messing, I'm just, messing with you. No, no, I just, I just convert it in my head real fast. Yeah, yeah. So I guess you, you must be pretty good with geography then. Yeah, I'm pretty good. I would, I would say so. Okay, uh, you're so, not pretty rare for an American. I'm perfect. Well, you know what? Let's test your geography knowledge. All right. So we'll make it easy in this, and we'll make it questions about his neighboring country to the north, Canada. Right. So we've got 10 questions. Let's see if you get a passing grade. First question. What is the capital of Canada? Ottawa. Some people say Toronto, so I mean, I'm, I'm glad you got it right. Right. What is Canada's smallest province? Uh, PEI? Yes. Have, yep. have you been to PEI? Uh, I have been on a cruise ship. What's the main port there? What's the... Uh, it'd probably be Charlottetown. Yes, I've been to Charlottetown. Yes, yeah. I have. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's a beautiful place. Great seafood there, too. Yep. What is a loonie? That is the uh, dollar coin. That's three for I'm three. Three for three. Three for three, Brad. You're, uh, you're 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 killing it. Right. What is the capital of Saskatchewan? And I'll give you a hint. Uh, it rhymes with vagina. Yeah. <laughs> Rud, Regina. Yeah. All right. Question number five. Which Canadian artist sings "My Heart Will Go On"? Oh, uh, Celine Dion. You're you're killing it. You're five for five. You're going to throw down some Gordon Lightfoot questions here pretty soon. No, Listen, I'm just uh, they're going to be a bit tougher here. So, all right, we're going to get into maybe a bit more jargon that you'd hear uh -oh. in Canada. All right. That's not, I watch, not stuff uh, that I watch. Um, Letter Kenny. I love Letter. Oh, Kenny. you do? Okay. Yeah, I love Letter Kenny. Did you watch, uh, what's the new one? There's a new show that came out. Uh, Letter Kenny's so Canadian. It makes me laugh hard. Yeah, yeah but there's, there's a uh, Shorzy. Have you watched Shorzy? Oh, no. Is he the, 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 the uh, hockey guy? Yeah, yeah. Have... So it's essentially, it's the same guy from Letter Kenny, but he's right. doing like, uh, it's, it's so it's funny. It's a spinoff? It's, it's six episodes. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a, almost like a spinoff. Oh, that's great. So he makes me laugh. I, I, I really like Shorzy too. It was yeah. really good. Question number six. What is a 2-4? Uh, 2-4 is what we call a case of beer, right? Case we of call beer. it a case. You guys call it 12 a case. Is that correct? 12 or 2-4s. Yeah. But we call a case of beer a case of beer, but you call them a 2-4. Yep. Because they come in 24 beers. 24 beers. That's right. If someone says that they're going out for a dart, what are they going to do? Going out for a dart? Yeah. God, I don't know that one. I'm guessing throw play darts, but that's the obvious question or answer. So first X we've got so a dart is a cigarette. 
Oh man, I should have known that. I, in Alberta, you should have. You probably heard that and just didn't connect the dots. Uh, but that's that's. I'm not a smoker. I wouldn't know. Oh well. I was. <laughs> what up, is I, it? What? Sorry. I I was perfect up until then. Hey, listen. It's still a passing grade. We're still doing okay. All right. What is a double double? A double double. Is that a this hockey a, phrase? This, this is a key one. Is it hockey? It isn't hockey. This is be uh, food and drink. Oh, it's a double double. It might be that. Uh, what do you do when you drop the whiskey into the beer? Uh, we call them a boiler maker. Okay. Uh, fuck, I wish. But so a double double is two sugars and two creams at Tim Hortons. Oh, something you say at Tim Hortons. Yes. I flunked the double double. Okay, we're 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 st- we're still okay here. We're still okay. You're still a passing grade. If someone is a Habs fan, that person is a fan of what Canadian hockey team? Uh the uh uh Canadians, the Montreal Canadiens. There you go. Habitants, right? Habitants. That's ex- yeah. that's exactly what it's for. Have you right. been to Montreal? Uh yeah, only through the airport. That's all. And then I got on a cruise ship. I got I landed at the airport. They drove me to the cruise ship. So I haven't spent any time there. It's it's but it's a I great did city. email the club there recently uh, about getting a date, and it was ignored. Hint, hint. Uh, my cousin uh, owns the Canadians. I'll I'll talk to him. All yeah. right, perfect. <laughs> okay, so last question here is going to be: Spot which town is not a place in Canada? Okay. So the first one is dildo newfoundland the second one is saint louis du haha quebec (laughs) a lot of comedians from there third one is shitterton manitoba and the fourth one is moose jaw saskatchewan oh boy which one is not a place in canada Uh, (laughs) i like the third one was what what was the third one shitterton Manitoba. I think, that's a, I think that's a real place. Uh, what was the second one? The Ha Ha one. Okay, so I'll I'll, I'll, re, I'll I'll say them again. So we've got okay. Dildo Newfoundland. We've got Saint Louis du Ha Ha Quebec. We've got Shitterton Manitoba, and we've got Moose Jaw Saskatchewan. I'm gonna say Dildo Newfoundland. I'm sorry, but that's an other X. <laughs> it's a place. It's a place, <laughs> and funny enough, we're gonna we're gonna mention him again. But actually, Jimmy Kimmel went there and actually filmed like a special in, or not not a special, but he like went to the town of Dildo, and uh, uh, yeah. Wow, it's which one? It's a hard place one, to get to. Which one was not a town? So it's Shitterton, Manitoba. So it's oh, Shitterton was... uh, is a place in England. Oh, wow! Yeah. Dildo is awesome because they have a dildo brewing company. And they're, they're, I mean, they're, 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 their merch is amazing. Right? I was going to say their merch, they must be killing it on the merch. Oh yeah, absolutely. But no, listen, seven out of 10, that's a great score. I just want to let you know, congratulations. You are now an honorary Canadian. Oh, you're well-traveled you. and your, your new passport is in the mail. Thank you so much. Hey, you got a second? I'll go grab something. I'm going to show it to you. Ready for Sure. I'll be right back. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Just check this out. <laughs> I'm honorary honorary uh, uh, Calgarian from the Stampede. Oh wow! You never thought that you'd get a cowboy hat from uh, Alberta? 
No, man, it's got it right on there. Calgary Stampede. I was, uh, I was made a, a, I don't know what it was, honorary something at the Calgary Stampede. Hey, listen, Canada loves you. I think you should do a tour through Canada. I would agree. I love coming up there. I've had a lot of people asking me to come to Canada to perform. I'd love to. You know what? You that know what, dollar. Brad? That dollar's a little weak. Well, I mean, for us, you have to think about it. You guys are one of our largest uh, trading partners. So if our dollar is over yours, right, that's not beneficial for us, right, right. So if that's that's one of the reasons why the dollar remains lower. Uh, but since since you showed me something, I thought that you know I'd I'd, sh- I'd show you something else. So okay. you know, being a Seahawks fan, I think you might enjoy this. Oh, you got some Seahawks member? Oh, you bastard! You bastard! I thought you were gonna hold up a Seahawks thing, and you had to show me that. <laughs> The twelfth man. I think you're breaking up. I think you're breaking up. I can't hear you. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. I listen. I had to do it. You you guys are. You guys are going to make the playoffs, and we're not going to make it this year. You know, you're you're getting your revenge. The Patriots dynasty's over. So, so Brad, let's finish this episode here with a top five. So, in happy hours, we finish with a top five, and in this episode, we're going to do the best time for a beer, or for the younger crowd out there. When does the when does when does a beer slap the most? Oh, younger slap crowd, the most. So. yeah, okay. <laughs> For me, I mean, do I have to? Is it a top five or? Uh... So so the way it works is that we're gonna go back and forth. So it's it's like a snake draft. So you pick first, I'll pick second and third, and then you'll pick fourth and fifth. Okay. Right. So you just let me know when. Give me your pick for the. The, the the time in your life where you're like, oh man, a beer is amazing. Uh for me it's after a uh for me I can I used to run every in the summertime, I used to run, I'd be a long distance runner, and I would finish my run and I would come home after a run. Nothing I had nothing for breakfast. I had just run six, eight miles, and then I'd pour uh tomato juice, have a red beer. And oh man, after a run, that thing went down nice on a hot summer day. You're Anytime thirsty. after a hot day after a hard workout and just boom, knocking that cold beer. Because that after you've worked that hard and even the alcohol in one beer, it's like, oh, this feels great. <laughs> but you're dehydrated. Just, uh, one you're beer. American. Like, I'm partially buzzed off of one beer and it couldn't <laughs> be more pleasant. That's, so that's, that's a my, really yeah. That's that's a really good pick. I I didn't have that in my top five, but I I can definitely respect it. Yes, that's that's really good. My number one, and I actually have to stay on brand. I think with this one, but it's going to be an airport beer. We've yeah. talked about it. It's fun to drink at the airport. You know, in the morning, it, it it feels a bit naughty to drink beers at six in the morning. But you might be on a different time zone, right? Right. Exactly. Nobody has to judge you. And and you know what you know what's funny is, airport beers was actually the name that I was going to call the podcast before two beers will take off. Oh, okay. And so I was like, airport beers, yeah, that's genius. That's exactly you know, it's like a conversation when you're at the airport. You know, you're you're having a beer, you're waiting for your flight, blah blah blah. Somebody else had airport beers already. Ah. Oh. And it wasn't about traveling. Two beers till takeoffs a good title. I think it works. 
You know what, too? When I fly, I have status on a couple airlines, right? So I can drink for free on some of these. It's like, how do you say no to that? You can't turn that down. It's tough. Free beer? Oh, I mean, yeah. You, you got to do it. Listen, take advantage right. of it as much as you can. Number two for me, I'm going, I don't know if this is a, like, a, like a blue chip pick, but I'm going shower beer. Oh, yeah. Have you ever had a shower beer? Yeah, I have. That's a good, it's a good call. Especially if you're tired and you're dirty and you're like, oh, you got you, like you've been out in the yard or cleaning up something. You know what I mean? Tired and dirty it's, and get in the shower. You, you, you just finished cutting the lawn. Right. You know, it's the summer. You're sweaty. You're a bit of lawn on all over you. And you're going out that night and you want to start pre-gaming. And you're so right. excited that you got to get it, get at it in the shower. That's, you got that little, got the shelf up there so you can set it there. It doesn't get the water in it. Yeah. That's shower beer is good. I've done that myself. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going shower beer. So it's back to you, Brad. What's your number uh, two? I'll tell you at a baseball game, the first on a hot day, again, first one at a baseball game. I like minor league baseball too, but uh, finding my seat, going down, finding my seat. And then I always walk around the ballpark to see what kind of beers they have. I want good beer. I want local beer. I don't want a crappy domestic and uh, finding that first beer and then sitting down watching the, Watching the first pitch with that first beer. That's a good one, too. So are you, are you a big craft beer guy? Oh, yeah. I like craft beers. I try to drink locally wherever I'm at. And I was in, When you're drinking craft beer, are you doing what, – what's your – are you IPA guy? Are you uh, stout? I don't like IPAs. Like, I used to when they first started. Now they're too hoppy. I don't like them as much as I used to. Uh, I like some of the – I do like some Hefeweizens. I like those. Some of the yeah. uh, the uh, Belgian-style whites, those – white beers you know i like that um uh some of the lighter ones i'm actually like nice like blonde I was in, yeah absolutely i'll drink uh sometimes a uh, amber i like an amber too uh yeah, that's that's what I was i'm having in, here hot blonde I went, oh yeah i would i would drink that all day long it's um, so good I was in St. Louis, and I asked the guy at the bartender, I said, I, I like local beer. Do you got anything local? He goes, Budweiser. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you got a point. Never heard in of St. It. Louis, but I was like, that's not what I was looking for. <laughs> so you've got baseball game beer? Oh, yeah. Do I got another pick? You've got another pick? Snake draft, right? Uh, yeah, I would say on the back deck. I have a kegerator in my back. I got a kegerator mm. on my and uh, here, I'll show you my kegerator uh, right now. I'll show you. It's out there on the deck. Oh, yes, sir. Uh, but that place, uh, that's, that's in the summertime. That kegerator in the evening, going out on the deck, pulling that cold one out of there. That's a good one right there. Absolutely. I don't know why. I, I, what is it about the first one that's so good, too? I mean, the second one's good and the third one's good. But the first one, oh, man. It's, it's like the first one. After winter, yeah, I don't know if it's as intense for you guys, but for us, it's like winter is just so depressing. The the it's like the lights are off. You know, you finish yeah. work, it's dark out already. Like it's it's not. I funny. don't drink much beer in the winter time. I don't drink much beer, but boy, summertime I can put away a lot of it. <laughs> that's that's a really good one. So you 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 actually stole one of mine. Baseball game. I was gonna put sporting event, right? Because I mean. It's, 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 it's literally juice to make your experience a lot better. Right. Right. So yep. I'm going to go, uh, the unexpected beer. So oh, what yeah. I mean by this is, you know, you're 
it's maybe a Tuesday night or a Wednesday night or something. You're not expecting to go out for a beer. But then one of your buddies is in town randomly and he's like, hey, I'm in town. What are you doing tonight? And you're like, right. oh, nothing, you know? And he's like, all right, let's, let's go to the bar and have a beer. That, I absolutely love that one. Yeah, that's a good one. Didn't see it coming. Going to enjoy yeah. it. And so my number four, I'm going to go a beer at the beach or on the pool at the pool. Oh, so yeah. A beach or poolside beer. Yeah. I mean, it's warm, right? You might get the Corona with the lime out. It's at this point when, you know, you know, it's warm and it's, you're by the water. This is your hydration. You're, you're drinking beer. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, they used to say that didn't hydrate you. And then they've, they've proven that's not true. It does hydrate you. How do you make beer? It's with water. It's all water and you piss so much anyway. So it's got to be able to hydrate huh. you. So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Beach beer and a hammock. Uh, that would be on my list too. A what? A beach beer and a hammock and the, on the beach and a cold one on the beach. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or you get that bucket full of ice and several of them. Oh. And then you're, oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good. You're like, oh, I'm going to drink all these. This is going to be a fun afternoon. Let's see what happens. Yep. So what's your number four? Uh, I was joining you. I was just reminiscing there about the beach beers. Uh, <laughs> let me think about that. Sporting event. Uh, you've had a good list too. Surprise beers. Um. Sometimes it's a free beer after a show. Sometimes people oh, send free me one. beer. That's good. I get them sent to me once in a while. Somebody will send me a beer. I'm like, oh, all right, okay. Free beer. Nothing wrong with free beer. That's that's a really good one, yeah. And to top it off, your number five. Uh the uh, the 13th beer at a bachelor party in Vegas. I want I want you to find out what that's all about. I'm just telling look, you that. Looking forward one. to that one. So I want you to I want you to have 13 of them in Vegas, and then tell me how good that was. <laughs> yeah, now looking looking forward to uh to uh that research. You know, I'll get back to you on. on All right, finals. yeah, that's what I'm waiting for. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So my number five. Listen, ah, there's a lot of good ones here that are still available. I think you got to like some of some of the ones that I'm considering here is like a Friday beer, Friday beer after work, you know, Friday's Uh, good. Yep. First beer after you've been sober for a number of years, that has to be really good too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I bet it is. Not saying it's good. I'm just saying it's probably good. Yeah. (laughs) Let's go. uh, Your first legal beer. Oh boy, that's a long time ago. Yeah, I remember that one though. Yeah, like the the you know what I mean, the one where the 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 this you go to the bar, you or make your order, the server is like, "Hey, can I see your ID?" You right. show her ID, you're like, yes, "Fuck right, that's me." Yeah. Exactly. Makes, makes me feel young again. Right. And that's uh, a good one. No, yeah. So so listen, I'm going to do a, I guess a recap of what we have. So I have airport beer, shower beer, unexpected beer, Beach slash poolside beer and first legal beer. And Brad has first beer after a run, which is killer. Baseball game beer. Deck beer. Yeah. Free beer. I mean, who doesn't like free beer? Yeah. And 
the thirteenth beer at a bachelor party in Vegas, <laughs> which is yeah. very specific. Yeah. But so listen, people, it's going to be on our Instagram page. Go ahead and vote on the ones that the the, the collection of beers that you think that are the best. All right, I'm looking forward to seeing that survey. Yeah. So listen, Brad, is there? Uh, I just first of all, I just want to thank you so much for coming on. This was a really fun episode. Is there anything I guess that you're looking to promote or uh no just go to my webpage bradupton.com and then you'll find my schedule and you can find out if i'm coming near you as an appearance um just go to bradupton.com you're you're like i remember like i've looked at your your uh, schedule it seems like you're doing like a lot of different states like you're i'm all over the place is are you are you going kind of like in a linear fashion like from i try to but sometimes you jump back and forth for no apparent reason but i try to i try to make sense on my routing i had i just posted all my dates through may and all these people are writing to me why aren't you coming why aren't you coming why aren't you i'm like it's just through may be patient that's only five months relax i'll probably come to your place but uh or people that go to my website they go to my website and then email me because you can go on my website you can check my schedule or you can email me right so they'll go yeah. to my website and then they'll email me and ask me where I'm going to be. I'm like, <laughs> it's right on my website where I'm going to be. But you went and had to send me a message to ask me where I'm going to be. So that's my fan base. My, I got some sharp people. I got some sharp people following me. There's there's some people that want to see those. They want to see you though. So, I mean, that's, that's a positive. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah absolutely. So, so your Instagram is Brad Upton comedy. And that your... is correct. Your YouTube is Brad. I don't Upton? have YouTube. I mean, you just put no. I don't have a YouTube channel. But if you put Brad Upton comedian in there, it'll take you right to my specials. Okay, perfect. But anyways, thanks a lot for coming on. This Thank was you. a lot of fun. We timed this perfect. My phone's almost dead, so this was perfect. That's awesome. Okay, man. Take care. We'll catch you next time. See ya. Thank you for listening to Two Beers Till Takeoff. Do you want free additional content or just to stay connected with the show? Then give us a follow on our social media platform. That means TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, all of them. Are you in need of podcast production services, video editing, or anything in between? Then look no further than Strut Sound Productions, the official producer of the Two Beers Till Takeoff podcast. Music produced by Alex Gagne. Check out his work in our show notes. Voiceover done by Viking Leo K. See you next week on Two Beers Till Takeoff. Thank you